curious thing to keep in yourself, keep in yourself, keep in yourself. Welcome to Magic at the Movies, a podcast that looks at the role of magic in some of our best loved and most hated movies. I'm Frida. I'm Abby, and this week's movie is Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. This is our Christmas special. It is. And we thought, what's more Christmassy than Harry Potter? Probably a lot of things, but to me, (laughs) Christmas and Harry Potter just go together. Are we telling... Are we telling our listeners what happened? Uh, Can we tell them the truth? Yeah, so so this is our second time recording this because the first time we recorded, we tried to do a bit. And admittedly, Frida's bit was awesome. (laughs) What we have learned is Abby is not an actress and never will be (laughs) because it was not good. So we wake up, I woke up one morning bright and early and I I bought a witch's hat. I put a witch's hat on. Sat in front of the mic, and we proceeded to record ourselves pretending to be wizards. Yeah. <laughs> and talking about Harry Potter as if it was true. And there was even a, I even a great by, line it there. It was a great idea. I just couldn't <laughs> execute it. Abby saying, we don't usually do biopics, but for Christmas, we thought. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. No, so so let's... So we're we're going to talk about this movie in a very um, <laughs> loving way, but from our approach of 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 our our wizarding skills. So, what was your wizard's <laughs> name, Frida? Well, I I believe first it was Fleur Warrington, and then we decided that um, those names already existed. So if we were going to have our we were going to be wizards. We had to have completely original names. And so mine was Farrah Wildsmith. Yeah. What did you pick as your wizard name? I went with Asterix Caro on the assumption that I was related to Electa Caro and might potentially be a Death Eater. (laughs) So I was so disappointed that it didn't work because it would have been great. But I was way too too salty in that recording. Abby was, yeah, making little little comments about... (laughs) About... um, Death Eaters. And then Abby kept on calling Voldemort the Dark Lord and I kept on being like, um. <laughs> and then we were both shitting on uh, Gryffindor as well. Kind of... Well, we're going to shit on Gryffindor again in a minute. So let's do oh, that. Oh, great. Can't wait. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> we're so funny. Before um, we wait, Wands, yeah. Pat- Patronus? Patronus. Patronus, yes. Oh, yeah. So houses. No, start. So we have houses. our names. Farrah Wildsmith, Asterix Carol. Houses, what's your house, Farrah? I feel like it's, I mean, it's obvious from your personality what house you would end up in. What's your house? Ravenclaw. What? And you're? Do you say Ravenclaw in Australia? I just made that up. I think it's Ravenclaw, (laughs) sorry, in Australia. Um, It's on on the citizenship test, actually, when you become a citizen. Um, how it's how it's pronounced i just it's ravenclaw yeah because it's not a raven it's a raven that should have been abundantly clear i'm embarrassed i'm sorry um what house are you i'm not cutting that out of the edit anyway that's for sure (laughs) 
Hi. What house are you? Yeah. Well, you know what house I am, but what house would you have assumed I would have been? I thought you were being Ravenclaw with me. And when I heard what you were, it's really grown on me ever since. Like, it's really grown on me. It might have been an hour and a half we spent. (laughs) Got a snake's heart. That's what I am. I'm a slithering bitch. Or maybe you I'm very proud as well of it. I love it. Maybe you are ambitious and think long-term planning, baby. (laughs) What, Slytherin's going to get me there? (laughs) No, Slytherin's, they're like long-term plan people. But as you said, what's what's the line? There was never a wizard what? who went bad. My dad's a Slytherin or something like that. No, you stop oh. that now. <laughs> You're not allowed to do yeah, that. <laughs> There's no wizard that went bad who wasn't from Slytherin, even yeah. though that's not true on the basis of this movie. Because Professor Quirrell is from Elfenclaw. Yeah, but that's not, well, that's not saying that only bad wizards came from Slytherin. It's saying that, Everybody. It wasn't. Oh, yes, it wait. Does yeah, say. no, that's true. It does actually. say yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot. Where's Quirrell yeah. from again? He's Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw. Yeah, yeah, he's Ravenclaw. You're fucked. See? See? That's what See? happens. The, the houses with the smarts, you got to watch out for them. Yeah, exactly. Coming up. Oh, <laughs> so, right. uh, wands. Yeah, wands. Yes. What was your wand? Dogwood wand with a unicorn hair core, two and a quarter inch, and supple flexibility. <laughs> The flexibility thing makes me lol so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have supple flexibility as well. Hey, it's all the yoga. What was yours? Uh, a vine wood with a dragon heartstring core, 12 and a half inches of unyielding flexibility. And unyielding would mean it's not at all flexible? Yeah, because I'm Slytherin, I guess. Oh. Because <laughs> I'm a heart bitch. Dragon heart string is super fancy. I know. That's fancy. It's fancy. It's because I'm from a family of Death Eaters. What What can I say? <laughs> okay, Patronus. Patronus. Oh, I feel like we don't need to talk about the Patronus, do we? Okay, fine. What's your Patronus? Why? What's yours? <laughs> Mine's a calico cat. <gasps> What's yours? A field mouse. <laughs> Field mouse? <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> Mine's a cat and yours is a mouse. How do I how am I slithering with a badass wand and then I get a freaking field mouse? mouse? Come on, man. Um okay. <laughs> so upsetting. Jeez. I feel like it, my mine should be something really like That's so upsetting, I'm sorry. It is, yeah, it's just spoiled it, doesn't it? I mean I guess it, like it makes sense with um in terms of maybe I'm not the t- uh, maybe I'm not the typical Slytherin. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so I'm one of I'm one of the dim Slytherins. A oh, crab and goyle. Crab and goyle. Yeah, I'm a, I'm one of them probably. <laughs> the mouse. <laughs> yeah, at, in, at heart, a mouse. Right. So what I did not do in in a deep dive was a um, movie summary. <laughs> Because I wrote it from the perspective of a Slytherin who's unimpressed. (laughs) So this is my summary for the movie. (laughs) In brief. 
orphaned child prodigy brought up in the muggle world is thrown headfirst into the wizarding world of wonder and appears to win a battle of strength against a nervous fool housing the greatest wizard of our time. And he does all of this at age 11 in his first year of school. The end. (laughs) That's my Slytherin summary of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Well, everyone knows what happens, my God. It's accurate, right? It is accurate. It's just, uh, well, I think feel like it's a little bit grander than all that. Um, We all know what happens. I still love the movie so much. So much. I love it. I love Harry Potter. It's so magical. Yeah. It's so wonderful watching again, Harry, finding out. It's like you've lived an ordinary miserable life or extra miserable life. Yeah. And then like somebody comes and tells you that you're special. Yeah. It's like, oh, my God. And suddenly you're in a castle and there's so much food and all these friends. And (laughs) I went to – so I've been to um, the Harry Potter studio tour. And I did it at Christmas time. Diagon Alley. And we did it in the evening. So I've been on the Hogwarts Express. No. Yes. Really? (laughs) Yeah. And I've had a (gasps) butterbeer. Oh my God. Oh my dreams. What did it taste like? (laughs) Uh, Quite quite sickly, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Disgustingly (laughs) sweet. But yeah, and I got a chocolate frog. And I've been Uh in the wine shop. I've um, not not all of it. I mean, I've been up Diagon Alley, but you can't go into the shops in Diagon Alley. There, okay. Exteriors, but then there is a wand shop that is decked out really nicely with cool lighting and stuff. I didn't get my wand though. I want my wand. <laughs> I want a wand. <laughs> you just so get a bad. stick, basically. Uh, yeah, a stick. just get a stick. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was really cool. You get to see all the sets. Uh, do you know what? Actually, it's all right. So I have to tell you about the studio tour because when you arrive, right, you first so you go in and there's like especially at Christmas time. We did it in the evening at Christmas time, so it, there was a little less people, I think, than what would be there normally. It was kind of limited entry. Um, so you got the big Christmas tree when you first kind of go in, and then the first place you go into is the dining hall, and the tables are laid out on each side with like Christmas vibe. Um, and then you can walk up the center of the dining hall and it's really cool and it's really expansive and you walk through the doors and then they close the doors behind you because it's like it's like walking through Ikea you know there's a one-way path so you go in and um, what you don't know is after a couple of minutes of being in there next thing just mingled wandering throughout fucking death eaters everywhere scare the crap oh out of really absolutely terrified me the first time i turned around and there was just somebody there in a black cloak with one of the silver masks and i was, I was just gonna like, ask oh, Jesus do Christ. they have the mask yeah i was yeah. gonna ask if they have they those do weird masks. and they just walk around okay. they don't say anything they just walk through the crowd and they just appear and, and disappear and it's just it was really trippy but it's really cool that is yeah. weird so i've been i have actually been in hogwarts Oh, it just sounds like a dream. I just love how Harry Potter's gone on and on forever. Like, it's just, it'll never end. <laughs> Can we start talking about the movie, actually? Because yes. I had I had something about Madame Hooch. Madame Hooch is a magician. Sorry, wizard. Sorry, witch. Oh. <laughs> well done. <laughs> she can very easily, she's the flying teacher 
It makes no sense to me that the flying teacher has the first years for their very first flying lesson. And inevitably, one of the students, you know, accidentally flies and can't come down, that she has no way of safely getting the student down. Like, this has never come up before. Where are the safety nets? Where are the flying trapeze safety nets? Or her magic or her wand. Can't she just be like... Isn't there a spell that she can capture him and put him down? That part always just felt so, so Rita, stupid to me. Plot device, plot device. Oh, another thing is that Oliver Wood. Yeah. He's so non-entity in the movie, really, except for just that one little bit. I had such a crush on him when I was little. When oh, I really? watched Harry Potter, it didn't get hotter than Oliver Wood. So when oh. I watch it, he, he was like perfect <laughs> In my eyes, when I watch it now and I see Oliver Wood, I'm like, how little must I have been (laughs) to have that? (laughs) It's like, what? (laughs) He's like 14. That's incredible. He's like 16. (laughs) And it's, he's he's tiny. That was my little um, flying detour. (laughs) But in the, in the, (laughs) in the, the scope of what we do here on our podcast which for one week only is magic at the movies we are going to talk about tropes and even magic movies can have magic tropes so Frida I feel like our tropes are actually really connected to us Um, (laughs) so what was your trope my trope is just Hermione talking patterns as long as Dumbledore's around Harry you're safe as long as Dumbledore's around, you can't be touched. That's what Fluffy's guarding on the third floor. That's what's under the trapdoor. The Philosopher's Stone. That's... <laughs> She's a kid. <laughs> I know, just... I Yes, I'm not... Yeah. I know, I'm making fun of a literal 13-year-old uh, child. <laughs> My trope She's is the way children up, act. The way yeah. children act is my trope. Oh, <laughs> children. children. Just children acting in general. <laughs> Don't put children in movies. <laughs> my whole trope, children. Oh, I got children. I got your trope confused with your what the um I don't know. What the F? What, what the, the what the V? V? What the V? Uh I got your trope confused with that, so I um that's why I said it I thought it was very what? odd and it's not at all. <laughs> What's your, oh, yeah, your trope. I know what your trope is. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah go. <laughs> the thing that you are not allowed to say. <laughs> not, stop da- trying to do it. Mi- stop it. Mi, da- <laughs> mi dad's a mogul, mi mom's a witch. <laughs> Irish stereotypes in movies. I mean, look. We're talking Seamus Finnegan, the most Irish name. <laughs> Which is true. I mean, there's uh, plenty, plenty of Irish people called Seamus and there's plenty of people with Stern and Finnegan. So that's not an issue in any way. But it's the fact that you have an 11-year-old boy trying to turn water into rum. <laughs> like, okay. Firstly, let's, okay, sorry. I, uh, what Irish person is trying to turn anything into rum? I don't bloody well know. I mean, like, if you want to go hardcore stereotype, then make it whiskey at least. But like, I just don't get this. I know that there's that whole thing about like Irish being drinkers and stuff, unless you're me and you can't handle alcohol and you have half a glass of wine and you need to go to sleep. But like, it's just, <laughs> it was just the fact that like, you know, he's like 11 
And that's that's what he's trying to do. That's what an eleven year old boy wants. He wants rum. You have Fuck to say off. it before I say it for you. You have to quote him before I do it because I'm about I can't, I can't stop myself and I don't want to imitate an Irish accent. Can you just say what he says? What What does he say? I turn this water into. Oh, t- oh I have news. What? Oh, what's the line? Wait, let me look for the line. Let me get the actual line. <laughs> Seamus rum spell. <laughs> it literally comes up. I have rabbit harp string hum turn this water into rum. <laughs> but it is kind of the fact that his name is Seamus Finnegan. It is kind of like if there was one Jew and the Jew was called like Michael Goldberg. <laughs> Sheldon. Goldstein. When you said it, I just thought Goldstein. Sheldon Goldstein. <laughs> My brain immediately went Goldstein. <laughs> There's another Harry Potter Irish um, faux pas, actually. It's in the um, in the Goblet of Fire, in the International Quidditch Championships. It's oh. the Irish. And what's their... The Irish. And what's their uh, their thing? Fucking it's leprechaun. a massive leprechaun. <laughs> Dancing. With the Irish idly, idly, idly. Of yeah i'm sorry abby i'm not i'm not too against that because i mean i do the thing is i'm very very proud to be irish and i absolutely love my heritage <laughs> and i'm just like you know i'm laughing I, I, yeah but it's just, i don't know i just thought it was just like the laughing uh, oh so god funny. anyway so shall we talk about magic as a theme sure <laughs> The story is, of course, centered around Hogwarts, one of the most famous wizarding schools. Um, and to study at Hogwarts is an absolute honor. But how? Because oh, we wrote this from the perspective of wizards, of being wizards. So we're going to talk about our houses. <laughs> that was the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. So what do you, um, what's your, yeah, we had all these what's things like, thing? what's your favorite class? What's your, so just. <laughs> Tell me about Hogwarts as if you were a Ravenclaw, for real. What, 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 what's your vibe for it? Uh, so, well, what, what's my vibe for Hogwarts? As a Ravenclaw. Well, as a Ravenclaw. So the thing about, <laughs> as a, I, I'm so weird. Um, yeah, so Ravenclaw. What I think about Ravenclaw is that um, the fact that Hermione doesn't get put in Ravenclaw is very telling about what Ravenclaw is really about. It's like they just talk about the fact that Ravenclaws are brainy. And they're just brainy and they're smart, brainy people. But it's so clear if you actually to paying attention to who's in Ravenclaw throughout and who's in Gryffindor and who's in Raven. First of all, Gryffindor people are just fucking. Are we swearing? Oh, we have been. No. We have been. <laughs> we were going to try not to make it family friendly, but that went out the window with like <laughs> two went, minutes. Okay, in. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Ravenclaw. Gryffindor people are, are pretty boring. I think we both agree. They're just sort mm-hmm. of. Um, what it, bravery is in a personality. You were afraid anyway, of jocks in the last one. Jocks, yeah, they're jocks. But Ravenclaw people are just super. I would say they're kind of quirky. Yeah, they're smart, but in a way that are kind of like um, original creatives. People that are very much ahead of their time, outside the square. Maybe people that go on to become inventors or sort of uh, break kind of paradigms and things right. like that. They're more mavericks than anything else. I think oh. they're unusual. And when you meet Luna for the first time, I think she actually exemplifies yeah. Ravenclaw. 
Ravenclaw. What's wrong with me? Ravenclaw, Raven, a bird. It's fu- it's a fuck. I think Luna Lovegood exemplifies Ravenclaw. I think that they're weirdos. So yeah. I think I really do belong because it's not. It's about being weird. It's about being right. a bit of a weirdo. That's what I think okay. about Ravenclaw. Um, Ravenclaws good. are weirdos. Tell yeah. me about uh, Slytherins. Slytherin. I understand they half of their dorm is under the lake. <gasps> Lovely. I like. Tell me more. about <laughs> Slytherin. Yeah, I don't know. I wonder about it because, like, I do feel like it's it's quite harsh. Like the whole intention is, like, I know there has to be a bad guy, so it's exaggerated. It's like let's exaggerate that Slytherin and snakes and like underground and if it was a real school you know it obviously wouldn't be that dark and no dastardly. no and you only get like a yeah. little visual of it but i don't know about whether i f- do i fit in there i feel like i could it's the movie do- over does it yeah i think it, it doesn't make sense that it's that's how it is i think that yeah. i think that slytherins are they're just um they're hard workers hufflepuff are hard workers but the fact that Slytherin, they're very ambitious and throughout the whole year they work very, very hard to get house points so that they can win. And then Gryffindor comes in the end and is awarded, you know, 105 or 155 points. And it is bullshit. And that's why they hate Gryffindor. Rightly so. This is a shitty thing to do as well to kids. Like you've won. Yes. And then at the last minute, let's all the change of colors is an order. It's like, mate, you don't do that to kids. I know and oh my god if my son was there oh my god unfairness is like that he because they have houses in his school and that happened he said that that the two houses that we got to do casual day on the last day of school and he was telling me about how he was in the lead and then something else happened and then they won and he was pretty sad about it and it reminded me (laughs) about this one thing about Slytherin as well in the movie which is so funny is that they're playing Quidditch and the Slytherin are like these dogs, nasty Slytherins. Yeah. But I think Bit the thing silly. is that I think in the story as well, it's like it's so normal for a Slytherin to win the House Cup and for Slytherin yes. to always win the Quidditch games. So that's why everyone hates them so much, just because they're just good. Yeah. So they plot it. and they plan and they good work. Good at shit. They're, they're, yeah, they're good at shit. Well, they might be, but they don't have the like... Uh, boundless and natural charm of other well, houses for isn't example. that interesting right so if you think about it right if hufflepuff is heart ravenclaw is brains yeah gryffindor is i don't know brawn bravery bravery what's slytherin ambition cunning leadership resourcefulness cunning that's the one i was cunning thinking. i was trying to think of cunning so yeah i feel like i could fit into that i do feel like i'm ambitious i feel like i can be resourceful and hardworking and I'm a Slytherin. I'm proud of it. Long-term thinking. Long-term. I'm just saying, like, yeah. to plan. You're really patient. You're I'm really just, into this long-term <laughs> Patient. No, because I, I read your story of, like, how many, like, oh, your yeah. whole road to, like, getting where you are now. And I was like, that oh, matches, yeah. that matches with Slytherin, sort of, like, yeah. getting there eventually. But, um, and also just ambition. I'm and probably like resource. a Snape, but just not, I just didn't go to the dark side. Could have. There's something kind of. But I didn't. <laughs> and this is me post Oliver Wood, obviously, but I sort of started to find <laughs> Professor Snape kind of sexy. <laughs> As you're growing up, Oliver Wood is too young now. <laughs> I sort of shifted oh to Professor Snape. I was like, hang on, I kind of get it. Oh, you didn't go for the Gilderoy Lockhart, no? <laughs> but I love him. 
Um, <laughs> Kenneth, Kenneth Branagh, Branagh is, um, I love him. But um, okay, so we we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on. Okay. Um, we're gonna move on to talking about the magicians themselves. Okay. Well, I mean, do we need to? I've, like, do you have anything <laughs> you want to say about any of the magicians? Um, did you like Richard Harris or Michael Gambon better as Dumbledore? Oh, that was so sad. I don't. I feel like early Dumbledore, Richard Harris is perfect. Yeah. Because early Dumbledore, you don't really know much about him. Yeah. Right? But then later Dumbledore, Michael Gambon plays it really well because later Dumbledore, you start to realize he's not everyone's lovely, nice friend. That's right. Yeah. He's not, he's, he's not this serene person. He and he's also yeah, he's got a cunning plan in his mind and yeah. in his plan you know we learn it at the end it's the whole Snape thing at the end of like you're keeping him alive so he can die at the right time and like that's what Dumbledore's gambit is the whole way through so and Gambit has a whole um yeah. although it's a bit more Ravenclaw if you ask me but he's got a whole quirky thing yeah that he's that I he's mean, a weirdo that he makes him into sort of a weird eccentric yeah. Um, but that that's his, all these actor, these Sethbians coming in to do their interpretations of these wizards. I and love it. He, he made him. <laughs> and then we get early version in um, Crimes of Grindelwald and we get freaking, <laughs> we get, what's his name? Oh my God, why can't I remember Johnny Depp. Uh, that's Grindelwald. No. Who's Dumbledore? I don't, I haven't seen any of these. I haven't seen the later ones. Jud- Jad Law. What? Jude oh Law. Judd Law. Jude Jude Law. Law. Jesus, I was thinking Judd Apatow. I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's definitely not, not who it is. Yeah. Jude Law. Yes. So then, yeah, young Dumbledore Jude Jud- Law. It's interesting, though, because I feel like he gets to play the young Dumbledore character on the basis of knowing what Dumbledore yeah, now we know. is. <clears throat> yeah. So I didn't that he's not doing it based on a Richard Harris, like this yeah. movie, Dumbledore, where he, he very much just is the sweet old man who's trying to take care of the young boy. Because we just don't well, know he, well, we yet. don't. I mean, in in this movie, it's clear he has a cunning plan. Even in this movie, which is not necessarily made explicit. For example, I think that the mirror of the arise that he puts, um, he puts sort of there. I think it's he's putting it there so Harry finds his way to it because he just wants yeah. to make sure that Harry sees, you know, his parents or he's, whatever. Yeah, he wants to. He's always moving all of the chess yeah, pieces. He is for Harry to be there, get to where he in needs a very to be. dangerous like, predicament. Yeah. Do you know? Like, so he is being very yeah. cunning, and he is sort of exploiting, in a sense, them. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's he is always cunning. Richard Harris just has that mm. sort of serene exterior that I think probably is yeah. kind of accurate. That that's my only thing about um, wizards. Yeah, I I have my witch thing, which I'm going to repeat from the last time we were we our last Go attempt. On. Hermione is depicted very much as like a nosy, annoying little yeah. witch. You know, she's in everyone's way, and she's a smarty. Yeah, witch. she knows everything, and she doesn't know when to shut up or when to keep her nose out of things yeah. and all this. And the reality is, Harry Potter would not still be alive if it wasn't for Hermione. Yeah. And but then this is always the case with like. The way we talk about witches and wizards in movies, because it's a witch and the guy is a wizard and the wizard guy is like this 
you know, like charming, mysterious, handsome man full of dark power and intriguing. And it's like, aside from like Merlin with his pointy purple hat and stars, but like witches always warts crooked noses pointy hats mangled bones like yeah. broken bodies of looking like nasty little like dark creepy haggard women um and it's just like this idea why do we always do that why do the women get like that and the men get yeah. this other thing so i was just like i feel like all witches should now on be referred to as wizards mm. and all female wizards should have better representation in the wizarding world. They kind of do in the newer movies, actually. If you see, I mean, they do in Harry Potter in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like she does take fair. the word witch like, and kind of yeah. give it a, a different association. But yeah, I agree. Yeah. The, the at the beginning, she's quite like, and then as you grow to love and and learn Hermione. about Hermione, and then all the other obviously all the other women that are in the movies too, do give a new representation to female witches. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I just thought that was just interesting, like that kind of historical idea of how we, the connotations we have to the word it's, witch and yeah. to the word wizard. Witches in general, how yeah. You immediately your it's mind. very yeah. sexist, the whole idea. It's all... Do you know what I always think of when I think witch? Um, Roald Dahl. I think, uh, no, the sword and the stone. Yeah, T- isn't that T.H. White? Um, he was an interesting I person. I watched that movie over and over and over again we had it on vhs and i just could not stop watching it on the subject of hermione because because harry and ron they actually suck like they're not good at anything and also that's why snape harry in the books they are no in the books they are there's more. Ron does a lot more in the books than that's how he's true. Represented he does. He does do more. But Snape, like Harry's entitlement, just because he is Harry, um, mm. is annoying. And Snape is annoying. Yeah. Well, first of all, it's James's Potter's son, but it is annoying that they're all like they're not. Then there's Hermione, who's actually amazing, and it really pisses me off at the end. At the end of the movie, so and, and of course in the book it is very different. Hermione and Ron do do a lot more. Um, I think it's Hermione's the one that freaks out with devils, um, whatever it is, that plant. It's Hermione that freaks out, right? Yeah. And Ron's the one who's like, eh. But anyway, whatever. So when, ha- when Hermione tells Harry to go on, I know it has to be you. I'm sure of it. What she says is mm. books and cleverness. There are more important things like friendship bravery or whatever it's like don't sell yourself short girl you are amazing it's still yeah i feel like we've had like a sort of a we're starting to be on a bit more of a revolution in the world in terms of um representation and what we think of in in how we look at people and and people's differences and all of that so i do feel like that kind of approach to it is a bit dated you know to be like that um you know, she, she's such a nerd that she can't have friends and she can't be this and she can't be that. Yeah. And it's like, no, it's it's good to know things. Yeah, it's very useful. Like, knowledge is good. <laughs> knowledge is helpful in the world. Well done. <laughs> and and applying it as well to, you know, how you interact is also useful. So, yeah, yeah I don't know. It's just, it's funny, isn't it? But um, I've got, I have, I've got a cute little, Wizard Wizard World fact. 
from real from, from the real, real wizard his- world histories. Okay. Do you know that the idea of witches on broomsticks originated in Paris? In Paris, what? In, in gay Paris. Paris. Uh, I went to say Paris and Paris at the same time and, and went Paris. <laughs> and you went um, Ravenclaw. So yeah, so they originated in Paris. So I'm going to blame the Bobatons for the witches on a broomstick. <laughs> um, but that I would like to bring us into France and Bobatons because there is a very, very famous wizard that, well, a very famous French wizard. So I guess he didn't go to Bobatons, so. There must be another school there. Uh, his name is Nicolas Flamel. Yes. <laughs> and Nicolas Flamel is the cause of all of the magic in this movie. <laughs> and I think I've solved it. Oh. Proceed. I solved Please. I, so- I solved the story of because we have Nicolas Flamel as a real life human man in our world. Yeah. And his connection with alchemy. And it's this really weird thing where like Nicholas Flamel is thought to have been a philosopher um, who was studying alchemy. And in reality, when you actually look at it, like Nicholas Flamel was just a dude who owned a bookshop. Like he was a guy. He got married okay. um, to a woman who had been married twice before. So she had quite a lot of money when they got married. Um, and they had a bookshop. And some reason after he died, everyone basically said he didn't die. He studied alchemy. He was a philosopher and he figured out the elixir of life and him and his wife ran off to India or something with this elixir in their life. (laughs) And there's nowhere that you can find the real reasoning for the story. Like there's nowhere where they say like that this is that he was like there's nowhere to say that Nicholas Flamel himself was a philosopher. There's nowhere to say that he had any interest in alchemy. He might have just had a couple of books on it in his bookshop. What they reckon is that it was like a story kind of created after the fact to sell alchemy books to try to like entice people into um, looking into it or something like that. But anyway, I fixed it. Okay. Based on this movie. I'm very- I to- I've told you it before, but you want to hear it again? Do you want to hear my, my, my reasoning for Nicholas Flamel? I can never hear it enough times. <laughs> <laughs> so my idea and JK <laughs> no stealing <laughs> if this pops up anywhere in fan fiction this is my story <laughs> I want I want the monies <laughs> right the philosopher's stone it's one of those rare stories that traverses the divide between the wizarding world and the real world okay now Nicholas Fumel was a Famous French wizard in Pottermore. Yeah. It's a wonder that he is also known to the Muggle world. He chose to live the wizard. So, oh, in my version of events, the very famous French wizard, Nicolas Fromel, chose to live in the Muggle world, selling books and being hailed as a philosopher. He did this because there was a legend among the archives that Flamel believed, maybe hoped, that all muggles are capable of magic, but that some dark event in our past suppressed the talent. So he thought that if he could introduce muggles to some rudimentary forms of alchemy, then it might cause latent powers to come to the surface. And by studying historical volumes dedicated to early transfiguration spells, so kind of like alchemy, he found a way to join the two worlds. 
Through the endeavour, he accidentally discovered a method to create the Philosopher's Stone and decided that he could use it for the sole purpose of continuing his work for generations. And it was only when the Dark Lord rose and there was a threat that he might get a hold of the Philosopher's Stone for nefarious purposes that he decided to concede the fruitless experiment. Muggles are just muggles and wizards are special and admitted defeat, chose to die and move on with his life. There you go. I fixed it. Fixed history. It's so confusing. <laughs> no. Because before this, I no, no, like the idea that he's a real person. Oh, I didn't mean what you said is confusing. I meant oh, okay. I was going to say <laughs> the the whole idea of him being a real historical person. Yeah, is Im- immensely confusing. Like the fact that it's a real rumor that he was an alchemist. Mm. It's a really, it's a fake story about a real person and then a fake story about a fake version of a real person. Yes. Where he yeah. was an alchemist. <laughs> it's very confusing. And I never knew about the fact that he was a real person until you told me. So I'm like, I'm like, he's a real person. I'm like listening to you. I'm like, is he real? What the hell? That is, he, he's a real person that wasn't really a philosopher, but there really was a rumor in real life that he was a alchemist. <laughs> Anyway, so I just love the fact that he's just like this French bookseller who's just like, you know, if he could look at us now, it's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck are you guys talking about? (laughs) In fact, there's a picture of him, and I'm sending you something in the Zoom chat. This is a this is a portrait. This is a portrait (laughs) of Nicolas Flamel finding out that we are spending this much time talking about him and that he's in Harry Potter. Are you ready? Okay. Okay. Stay tuned for the picture that none of you can see. <laughs> I'm sending it. If this there stays in the edit, I'm just going to have to put it on Instagram. <laughs> People can be like... There it is. It's coming through. <laughs> this imaginative portrait. <laughs> it's in all about... He's not even a real person. Is this it? Is it? Like, I don't even know what he actually looked like. This is like this is what this is what we think he might have looked like. It's an imaginative portrait of a of a fake person who isn't even the thing that people think that he is. But he is an imaginative portrait of him making a very strange face, making a face that an alchemist that an alchemist hey, would yeah, make. Maybe. I guess he's going turn things into gold. <laughs> Live <going>. forever. <laughs> Nobody knows. We Nobody all think knows. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Nicholas Flamel. I forgot I took this out for a bit of light reading. For a bit of light reading. Light reading. <laughs> um, speaking of Hermione, um, I really like the whole wizarding challenges and tests thing in the movie. Yeah, and I like fun. the whole like the way that they that like I like it and it's also ridiculous the fact that like there's all these little tests that get you through to where the philosopher's stone is but they're all solvable it's not just barriers it's not just like no you can't get through this barrier it's like no we can test you and if your heart is true you can come through and have the stone which is just like 
No. They're not really protections, are they, at all? Not at all, no. They're fun (laughs) tests. Play this chess game. Fun tests the children can solve. That's another one. (laughs) Ron, do you think this is like real wizard's chess? Yes, Hermione. I think it's... You there! J4! Or whatever it is. (laughs) Night to J4! (laughs) Then the head goes off and then it's like... Yes, Hermione, I think this is exactly like Wizard's Chess. Because that's how Ron speaks. <laughs> you should have, like, you've got to let me do that bit. That was a bit more, that was a bit more, what's his name? Um, Mundungus. Mundungus Fletcher, that's right. Anyway, Wizard's Chess. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, I love that scene, though. The, the... I love that Wizard's Chess scene. I do think it's great. But what bugs me about it is the fact that they, at the end of the Wizard's Chess scene, He's gonna. This yeah. is where they cut cut out the book. Yeah. What? I was just oh. gonna be like, no, Ron, you can't. What? Yeah. He's having to sacrifice himself. No, she goes, no, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> not me, not Hermione, you. <laughs> Continue. But that's the thing. It's like, but what they do is they cut out the whole. Hermione's bit the, do you know and it's potions. Like, she's I feel like maybe that's is that why they changed that scene with the um, with the plant when they're coming down to Ron freaking out instead of Hermione freaking out um, oh to give her so that she had a bit that yeah. she solved or something they each had one because then you have the broom you have Harry with yeah. the broom and then you have Ron with the wizarding yeah. test but I just don't understand why they cut out the potions bit with Hermione because that's such a great like when you read it in the book it's such a great scene so if you haven't read the book it's basically after the wizard's chest scene Ron uh, no Ron stays there and Hermione and Harry both go forward and then the next one is a potions test so there's seven potions on the table and when they come through fire comes up on the door to go back and fire comes up on the door to go forward and it's a Snape test with the potions. Yeah. And basically the idea is that one potion will let you go forward. One potion will let you go back. A couple will kill you. Um, and a couple will do something else. I don't know. I can't remember. Um, but Hermione solves it. And at that point, then it's like, okay, well, only one person can go forward. So then she's like, okay, well, it has to be you. Because yeah. even though I still think, you know, I mean, look, Quirrell wouldn't have died if Hermione had gone forward because she didn't have the magic mother protection thing <laughs> but like and for the story of obviously it had to be Harry but at the same time I'm like the strongest and best wizard in this group here is, is Hermione, Hermione. <laughs> I know. like it should be Hermione but fine so it makes sense then that she goes back to Ron but what they do is like instead they just make her like oh no I must stay here and protect you know take care of Ron yeah. oh, Harry you have to go forward I'll mind Ron and it's just like why why take out that scene I don't get why they would remove it yeah they needed to have some some practical reason why Harry had to go alone apart from I just know I think I have to be alone yeah, yeah it's a bit dumb it has to be you. the movie also just wraps up uh, really quickly just kind of yeah wraps up. and there's some weird I suppose because it is like a it's, it's like the beginning of a story really rather than a full story and here's the mm. ending it's the ending is the beginning of another part of the story uh, yep well well said i think the scene with quirrell though it's really stupid like a lot of it doesn't make a whole lot of sense <laughs> firstly he's like harry touches him and um he's like what is this magic 
even though when he meets Harry in um, in Diagon Alley, he d- doesn't touch him. He's too scared to touch him, meaning that he should know what the magic is or he would have touched him or he shouldn't have realized right. that. So that's a bit, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But also just the whole scene, he's like, um, come here, tell the truth. Like as if just saying it like that is <laughs> will enti- will force him just with his words. Like it's all yeah. a little bit, it's a little bit, it's a bit silly. Also, his whole turning to stone and touching his face doesn't happen in the book. He just sort of burns him. Um, But then Voldemort also goes through Harry. Like that doesn't happen in the... Anyway... That so that was a thing, yeah. That was a thing that I was a bit like, even in watch, even having read the books and then watching the movies, I was like, this isn't very clear. It's very so, unclear. It's completely unclear. the The understanding that I have is that Quirrell, Quirrell's backstory, is that people used to always make fun of him, um, and oh, he went what searching people? What for, people? Um, uh, in general, I think. Oh, uh, everyone. Oh, everyone, yeah. I made up that um, it was Slytherin. <laughs> <laughs> He um, so he goes searching for Voldemort, uh, knowing that, knowing that he was weakened, but it was more out of curiosity at first. It wasn't because he was like a Death Eater searching to follow Voldemort. It was more like he thought, if I can find him and finish him off, then oh. I'll get people's respect or something. Oh, um, or so- something like that. So he goes searching for Voldemort, but Voldemort, like he may be weak. But like he still, like he still had strength. And in this movie, we don't get any information about the Horcruxes, really. Um, that's a much later thing, so we don't really kind of understand what the whole connection between Quirrell and Voldemort is. But it is a form of a Horcrux. It's not one of the seven, but it's like this. That's kind of what the magical possession thing is in some way. Okay, and. Because Quirrell was a weak wizard, uh, the Dark Lord was able to like latch on to Quirrell and turn him into a temporary Horcrux. And then with the spirit inside him, that's kind of turned Quirrell into a bit of a blubbering mess. And then he was always trying to fight off the power of Voldemort, but Voldemort was still stronger than him. So that was killing Quirrell. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so the drinking of the unicorn blood was actually nothing to do with Voldemort. That was to keep Quirrell alive. And that was Quirrell drinking it. Yeah, because that's oh. the like the the theory of the unicorn blood is that it will keep you alive if you're dying. So it wasn't to keep Voldemort alive. It was because Quirrell was dying because Voldemort was in him. So he okay. was already kind of dying and weak. And then the spell that allowed Harry Potter to live what it did was imprint the mother's protection on him, which is deadly to anyone intending him harm. So that's why I think maybe Quirrell's nervous habit was to not touch Harry Potter anyway, but then he was being forced to touch him to kill him. So because he was intending him harm, that's why he was then injured and why he was like, oh, what what is this? What is going on here? I don't understand. understand. But then he still has Voldemort pushing him, so forcing him more to like 
the more mm-hmm. harm. So then I guess maybe he's getting more and more like, I have to kill him so that it stops hurting. But the more he wants to kill him, the more it hurts him and the more damage is being done to him. So then Voldemort realizes Quirrell's body won't survive. So he has to flee. So that's what it is. It's like the spirit, Voldemort's spirit then leaves Quirrell's body. It's not him dying because Quirrell is dying. It's him leaving because he's like, shit, I got to get out of here. <laughs> but as to how that all works and where it goes then, I don't understand that. Because we don't get him again then until he's brought back. Yeah. So it's just all a bit mad, really. <laughs> I think it's a bit mad, really, how much I tried to explain that. Yeah, I mean, I I'm now feel much more sympathy for Quirrell, which is a really good thing that um, is definitely... Because he's Ravenclaw. <laughs> Worth. You can accept him back into your fold. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I like the I like your explanation as to keep his him alive, like he, it was parasitic kind of relationship and it was weakening Quirrell. Um, yeah, he wasn't, and he was being pressured and forced. I guess. Um, yeah, maybe he had he was desperate. Um, poor yeah. guy, poor don't bully. Poor, poor <clears throat> Quirrell, Quirrell. Yeah. So we are um, moving on to our section, which uh, for one night only is What the Voldemort? (laughs) Let's play the new music. What the? What the? What the? Voldemort? Right. So, Farrah Wildsmith. What was your what in yeah. you shall not be named moment? Oh my God. This is so crazy. But so the goblins. Oh yeah. So it's just a really anti-Semitic trope. I didn't get it. What were they thinking? They're money lenders, long fingers, hook nose, control the wizarding finance of the finances of the wizarding world. Uh, you know, highly intelligent species, control the economy, running the banks, okay? <laughs> and this is the really crazy thing because it's it, to me it's like a very clear anti-Semitic trope. And I just want to say the only reason why Jews were ever moneylenders <laughs> in the Middle Ages is because they were banned from every other profession. Oh. So then Jews became moneylenders and then get Jewed out for being Forever. Forever. Still. It's not our fault. But this is so crazy. If you're watching the first movie, when they enter Gringotts Bank, the floor of the bank is very clearly visible. Star of David's, which are stars that are two triangles like on top of each other. So it's very distinct star. It's not like accidentally a star of David, but the, the tiling on the floor of Gringotts is literally stars of David. <laughs> what were they thinking? What the fuck? What the, <clears throat> what the Voldemort? <laughs> that's, um, it's really crazy. Oh my uh, God. I wonder I, you know. if that's, I wonder if that's something they put in or is that what the actual building? The later, the later um, Gringotts is not that. Right. The later Gringotts does, has different tiles. You know, you don't. You definitely don't have like accidental Star of David tiles. It, it doesn't make sense. No, well, because so I mean, I mean the building that they use. Do you know the building that yeah. they use for Gringotts? What? What is it? What's the it's building? A, it's they a use building for in London. It's 
It's a building in London on the Strand, which is directly across from King's College London, which is where I did my undergrad. So I walk past it every single day. And the building that they use for Gringotts is Australia House. No way. So what? Yeah, it wouldn't have a Star of David. I'm looking at it right now, actually. And there is a Star of David right in the centre. Oh, yeah, I see. There's a star. There is a star. But it's actually on the floor of Australia House. It's actually on the floor actual star so maybe they just let the real floor on for the first movie and then in the in follow-up movies they were like hey maybe we should get rid of that hey maybe we should not have a star of david while we have hook nose goblins <laughs> running the world's economy <laughs> you're not allowed to take pictures in australia house now anymore because of movie. i've stood outside it and taken pictures of the outside that's wild <laughs> but it doesn't, doesn't think there's star of david. <laughs> i digress what was your yeah. what the valdemort i watched the voldemort I had a okay so mine is, is I mean it's it's related to money because <laughs> what drove me crazy was Harry Potter has come from nothing he doesn't understand money because he never has any because he's not allowed to like he's not I'm pretty sure the Dursleys weren't giving him pocket money um so Hagrid takes him to the bank vault and he's like oh my god look at all this gold and then he goes to Hogwarts and he's on the train at Hogwarts and the trolley comes up and he sees Ron with his little sandwich and he's like, I'm a nice boy. So he takes his money out. We'll take the lot. <laughs> <laughs> My what the Voldemort is, how do you know how much money that is? How do you know how much things cost? How do you You're know how off. much that whole card of sweets would cost? Anything from and the what's trolley. in your hand? You've, you've just found out you're a wizard. You've just found out what wizard money is. How do you know? <laughs> Anything from the trolley. We'll take the lot. We'll take the lot. <laughs> I know. That was it's the only cheesy. thing, though, to be fair, in the whole movie where I was just like, come on, man. <laughs> Someone's going to come well, along now and go like, well, obviously you didn't read the books very well because they explain it in the books. And I'll be like, shh. What about the, why um, Hagrid takes him under detention into the Forbidden Forest? That's a, what the fuck. That's uh, <laughs> something I always thought was it made very little sense. Um, how about three little children running around solving mysteries? You know, like, <laughs> unsupervised. Shh, like, no, we know about the Philosopher's Stone, Hagrid. Um it's all fine. It's all There's a okay. lot. It's all okay. No, 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 no. Okay. No, it's fine. It's all right. perfect. Okay. It's perfect. It's all perfect. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Don't give any ideas out. Look, the way that we live in the world now, they'll be fucking remaking it soon enough. Oh, no. Please oh, don't. They can't. Please they, it's don't. Impossible. Just leave They'll never alone. get a Ronald Weasley like Rupert Grant. No. I, do you know what the, the movies themselves didn't do justice to is the story of Neville. And that's, if they mm. ever did remake it, that's what I would like to see. I would like to see either an alternate version where it's Neville or I would like to see the the story that plays out for Neville in the books to be a lot more prevalent in the movies about the yeah. whole thing in the movies that it's not just Harry that there is literally a toss up whether it is Harry or Neville one of them is oh, which the chosen one? Yeah. Yes, one, of one of them is the chosen boy it's not yeah. necessarily that it is Harry all the time yeah. it could be either of them and just the way the story yeah. goes is that it's a Harry story. Well, just Neville at the end, like his whole herbivore, like he's really yeah. into herbivore. What am I saying? Herbivore. Yeah. I, Sorry. What what's is that called? word? What's the subject called? 
herbology. Herbology, sorry. yeah. Yeah, he's really into herbology and he really excels at it. And actually at the end he fights in the war with like those plants, plants that are dangerous plants or whatever. He's running around with Miriam Margolis, whoever her, <laughs> her character's name is. Oh, Miriam Margolis. Oh, my God. She's the best person in the world. She's the, you need the to best. Just, everyone in the world Watch just, her. right now just needs to YouTube every single Miriam Margolis interview on Graham Norton. Graham Norton. But most yeah, yeah, yeah. importantly of all, you need to watch the one with 50 Cent. <laughs> Oh, can I call you fifty? Oh no, no, no. That's Julie. Um, that's 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 Mrs. That's Mrs. No, Weasley. No, sorry, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. That's I'm Mrs. Wrong, Weasley. I'm wrong. Julie. Miriam Margulies is with Will. I am. That's the one you need to watch. Julie Walters has an interview with Fifty Cent, where he where she's like fifty. May I call you fifty? Can't figure out why that's so funny. Just is. instead of remaking the movies, maybe someday in the future there'll be a series, uh, an extent, yeah, like a Game like, of Thrones yeah. vibe series where we could get a slightly darker, more adult version of the story. <laughs> in how it, it really, really probably dark. would be, because you know it gets really dark yeah. in the later movies. The later movies are literally dark. Like the Half Blood Prince yeah. is literally so dark you can hardly yeah. see anything. <laughs> Literally, literally oh, dark. Literally. Wow. Um, are we, we done? Did it. We did it. Yeah, we I did think it. we're done. We, we did, did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. Oh, yeah. We did it twice. Get her out. Get we her did out it. <laughs> we did it. Okay. Um, Can I go to sleep? You. Oh, God. All right. Fine. <laughs> all right. All right. Sorry, I'm so inconvenient to your life. um right so thank you so much for joining us uh on this very (laughs) special holiday episode this was very fun we'll be back in three weeks time i think it is is that what our break is yeah i think is it three weeks is it well so new year's because this is christmas eve right now when this episode is out um so the next week is New Year so one. <laughs> we could do this off screen. It's like a two. twenty-two. No, I think it's three. three weeks. Yeah, I think it's three. Four. Weeks. <laughs> and January we'll be- six takes us to the Tuesday. January fourteenth. That's it. No, we'll be back on January fourteenth with <laughs> our first episode of twenty twenty-one, which is Contact. <laughs> and I think we're both very yes. excited about that. Um, But for now, happy holidays, you muggles. Merry Christmas and a happy new year to you all.